0: hello everyone hi listeners uh we're back again guess who's back back again every time we get back in these seats i'm like i'm shocked that we're here
1: i'm horrified podcast is back
0: (laughs) can you you believe it
1: yeah (laughs) no no what episode is
0: this I have no idea is it maybe 60 this is episode 60 sam just checked on her phone yeah google podcast senile old crones apparently who can't remember the
1: last number of our podcast sometimes my loved ones will say to me like i'll say oh i can't um chat tonight i'm recording the podcast and then the next day they're like hey how was recording the podcast what did you talk about i don't remember i never remember what i speak about what you speak about i'm like it was a blur like Sam looked me in the eyes
0: for 25 minutes straight and she talked to me about one topic and four. If you had a gun to my head, I couldn't tell (laughs) you what it was. Could not tell you what it was. Found it fascinating in the moment. Oh, yeah. And that's that's what you two listeners get to uh, experience. And then we just kind of drool and stare out the window.
1: Well, the, I, the thing that I find semi-problematic for our real-life friendship is that, like, this is how we talk to each other a lot of the time. Yeah. So sometimes I'll be like, did I talk about that on the podcast? Or was that just a conversation we had? I never remember. Yeah. Like, we talked about Disneyland for so long today. Was that an episode we recorded? I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe a sneak...
1: Should we sneak preview this for next
0: week? <laughs> We're very much considering doing a mouse panic episode <laughs> next week. So tune in to see if we actually do that. Yeah. Because a couple things in in the Rainer Buntich thurgood household are happening. Yeah, a few things. Um which is that I got back from Disney Worlds. Uh-huh. And I t- mentioned a couple of weeks ago I think I said some offhandy comment that a couple of you were pissed off about of like I can't deal with people who are obsessed with Disney. Yeah. Who are fully grown. You were really like, like, I if like you're an I'm adult. like, I like Disney and I go and I go with my family, but there's people who that's their whole personality. Yeah. It's fine if you're an adult and you like it. I'm that. Yes. But like, you're obsessed with it. Everything you have is Disney. Like, corporate brands are not a personality. Why are you doing this? I came back from Disney Worlds. <laughs> <laughs> I, the only thing I'm thinking about is next time I get to go. Yeah. I'm reading, I'm watching. A million Disney mom bloggers (laughs) every day. Yes. It's all I'm watching. I've been like hijacked by the mouse. Yeah, you really have. And that's really concerning me. I'm horrified by that. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe I'll talk about something Disney related next week. That
1: would be fun. (laughs) Because
0: I'm, I don't know what's happening to me. I, s- I said this to you, Sam. I'm like, I don't know what's happening.
1: You, I came in the house today and you said, like, I'm worried. Do you want to hear what I did? <laughs> yeah. And what did I do, Sam? You booked another trip to Disney. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. Uh, I did. You did. And, and you, and it's not that you don't deserve it, but it's
0: so well, all right. Well, <laughs> but Sam, what's the other part of the mouse panic that we
1: also experienced last night that, that really troubled you? So guys, last night, um, Allie screamed in her room. And I was hoping that she was just in a screaming match with her boyfriend. But what really happened was there was a mouse in her room. Yep. Then the mouse ran into our other roommate's room. And then we spent conservatively 90 minutes trying to get it out of my other yeah, roommate's at room least. into the hallway. We built a whole great wall of boxes. You know what? Let's save it. Ugh. I've
0: decided we're doing this next week.
1: Oh, God. So. You guys know I don't like mice.
0: Sam hates mice. You guys know I do not like them. So we're in the middle of a mouse panic right now. In a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. But we had to talk about something else this week. Yeah, we're not ready to face it yet. So um, this week I'm going to talk
1: about the Balloon Fest disaster of 1986. I cannot wait to hear about I'm this. I'm really excited about it. I have only ever seen, like, one image of a lot of balloons, and that's all I know about this.
0: I put a, a picture on Twitter, like, teasing it. Yes. And somebody, that's where I saw I, the image. And I was like, oh, what do you guys think this is? And you can't tell it's balloons. And somebody was like, locust?
1: <laughs> I'm horrified by locust. And I wanted to just write back yes. God, we should have done the, uh, this, the plagues for a Passover episode. Oh, we should have done a Passover episode. Next year we'll do a Passover episode. Sure. <laughs> Tune somebody, in for episode 120, where we do a Passover Yeah, exactly. All
0: right. So, and Sam, what are you going to talk about? Uh, I'm going to talk about bees. Bees. <laughs> All right. Bees. I'm uh, actually really interested to hear what's going on
1: with our fuzzy, buzzy friends. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good? Imagine if it was my segment of this podcast and I was like, I'm going to talk about bees. They're doing great. Anyways, that was uh, I'm Horrified. You guys tweeted us at, at I'm Horrified Pod and have a great day. We're going in a ding, ding, ding.
0: different direction. <laughs> um, I am going to race through my topic so you can tell me about bees. How does that sound? I would rather you linger in the balloons, but okay. <laughs> let's, let's see what happens. <laughs> All right. So last week I covered New Coke. And it seems as though I'm in the thick of a series entitled Terrible Ideas from the 1980s. <laughs> because that is what this is. Long story short, a bunch of people released a bunch of balloons in 1986. That
1: sounds great, but I also can see where it went wrong, probably. Yeah, I mean, you
0: can probably guess the rest of this story, but I mean, I could just stop there. Like, they released a lot of balloons. I need every detail, though. All right, let's get into it. The long story is that on September 27th, night. The long story is that on September 27th, 1986, a balloon art company, they have those? Ooh. Named Balloon Art by Treb. Who? <laughs> whose CEO is Treb something. Whom? Treb? Um, what is Treb short for? Treber? <laughs> I don't think so. I hope it is. Um, Bertrib. <laughs> that's that's a name I just made up. Uh, anywho, this person, company, organized a publicity stunt sounds right that was fronting as a fundraiser Ooh, don't like that i mean it was technically a fundraiser like it was technically raising funds but it was really a publicity stunt i couldn't for the life of me figure out what they were stunting for like treb selling balloons (laughs) stunting for treb but this the city of cleveland cleveland yeah but the city of cleveland got involved it was held in cleveland Okay. Um, Balloon Fest 80, 1986 of Cleveland, Ohio. And so the goal of this stunt was to set a Guinness Book of World Records record by releasing 150 million balloons at one time. I don't want to say that's too many balloons. Too many. I'll say it. it feels you like, don't have to say it. I will. It feels like a lot of balloons. And so the way that they did this is just baffling to me. So, they, so what they did to do this is they suspended a piece of mesh netting above a city square in downtown Cleveland. So there was buildings on all four sides of this little park in the middle of mm-hmm. the city. And they suspended a piece of mesh in between these buildings so that they were blowing up balloons and the balloons were floating to the top of the mesh, but keeping... They were they had, like, a gatekeeper okay. of mesh over them. Okay. If you can't picture that, look up pictures of it, which I implore you to do. So they inflated... Nearly 150 million balloons all night and all morning.
1: Some poor intern, so out of breath. Just, yeah, it was just one guy. <laughs> it was just one guy. Treb's <laughs> nephew, Jeb.
0: Jeb. Jeb Bush. Yeah. Um. So, all right, let's, we have to back up. <laughs> I have just a few problems with the premise. Yeah. And the number one, maybe most important one, is it just seems stupid. Yeah. Like, why are we doing this? I don't like it when people just do stuff yeah. to say they did. Up wasn't even out yet. Agreed. <laughs> so what are you doing? I do get maybe watching Up and then in a full puddle of tears just being like, I have to do something. Yeah. I get that. Um, but it just feels dumb and unnecessary. A B reason I don't like this is that it's a gigantic waste of helium. Yeah. Now... I know that we are now in a helium crisis, and I doubt that we knew about that in 1986. You just raised your hand. We're in a helium crisis. Oh, we're absolutely sorry. I'm horrified. New topic. Um, we are in a helium crisis. What he- do we use helium for besides balloons? Good question, Sam. Very important things. Oh, there's some medical like machines that need it. Interesting. Laboratories use it for cooling things oh. and research. I, I'm saying a lot of words that I don't
1: no, but know so anything about what I'm hearing but is there we are... shouldn't have used it on all those balloons
0: I yeah Oh no. back then but also now the reason I found out about this is because my school uses balloons and a couple of people told us like hey <laughs> you shouldn't use balloons because it's not good for the environment and we were like oh because of the latex and they're like no because we don't have any helium left we need more helium um so great but yeah it's a finite resource it's a natural resource that we have a finite amount of on this planet.
1: Oh, like we can't make more helium. We cannot
0: make more of it. I think we're going to be out of it by 2025. No more balloons as of 2025? Yeah, I think so. Maybe it's 2030. Buckman, man, I'm horrified. Yeah, I know. It's a big one. I guess I'm kind of glossing over that. That's I... a bigger
1: deal than I'm get kind of making. it i just had no idea i knew that dumb people released balloons but i didn't know that we wouldn't have balloons to be released by dumb people i think it's gonna be interesting
0: when like government agencies have to get involved
1: and say all right party city you can't sell helium
0: anymore <laughs> party's
1: over party's over every headline is gonna say that
0: all right so the last reason that i don't like this is how could this not just be a thousand tons of litter yeah How is it not litter? So technically they were biodegradable, Uh but plastic and latex that's biodegradable can take months or even years to degrade. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, technically it's biodegradable, but it's still going to be dirty litter. Yeah. Colorful litter for years and years. And some of it ends up in Canada. What? Who said that? Spoilies. A twist. All right. I just need to keep you hooked for anyone who's like, snooze. Never. Okay, so obviously things do go wrong here, and I'm excited to get into the details, but first, I wanted to share an excerpt from uh, an article in The Atlantic about this, which was hysterically, like, dark and dramatic. Yes, I just wanted to do a a sort of spooky retelling of of, of what they wrote. So, quote, In the popular imagination, balloons often represent freedom and joy. (laughs) But as every adult knows, there's (laughs) also a profound disillusionment that accompanies the release of a balloon as a child. Namely... Every adult... (laughs) namely what goes up must come down and often with a loud pop somebody wrote this oh in the atlantic who hurt them and so it went with the 1.5 million balloons that were released in september 1986 over the city of cleveland the united way of cleveland a nonprofit, staged a fundraiser in which it attempted to beat disneyland's guinness world record of the most balloons released simultaneously so that's the only place that i saw that Mm -hmm. every other place i heard about this like balloon artist person who had the idea so maybe they partnered with them i have no idea interesting getting back onto the quote train but fate intervened and the result was both crazier and more tragic than anyone could have imagined oh my god when the balloons are first released they form a mass of colorful orbs that wrap around cleveland's terminal tower by turns resembling a meteorological phenomenon a mushroom cloud or a locust infestation oh. so shout out to our twitter follower who said it was like locusts? locusts other people thought that yeah the image is both awe-inspiring and haunting. End quote. My God. So let's back up a little bit now that we've got that spooky image. They had planned to release the balloons in the late afternoon, but a storm was approaching. Yikes. So rather than saying, stop blowing up the balloons, everyone. <laughs> well, I guess you do kind of paint yourself into a corner. Once you're at a million balloons. Yeah, it's like we <laughs> might as well do the other you... 50 million. Um, so... But they see that the storm's coming, and so they push the release time up to one one fifty p.m., and they let them fucking go. I don't know what else <laughs> to say. They release the balloons. They release the balloons. Yeah. Now, they have several angles of video footage of this release, and if you do nothing else today, <laughs> go watch it. It's so mesmerizing. I can't believe that it's actual footage and not CGI wow. of some kind. It's insane to watch. It. It looks like... I, it really, is, it looks like a monster, like a locust cloud or, like, some kind of meteorological phenomenon. I'm just quoting that article. They really yeah. nailed it. Wow. It it looks insane. I can't so, wait to watch. So, yeah, like they said, at first the balloon monster cloud wraps around the terminal tower, which is a skyscraper in Cleveland, which is something I learned today. Um, oh, I wrote downtown Detroit. It's not in Detroit. It's in Cleveland. Fun. Um, and it looks cool, and everyone's cheering, and all the news stations are covering it. Like, everyone's out on the streets. It's a huge big deal. Now, this is a good time to mention, I think, that when you usually release a helium balloon... A helium balloon. When you usually release a helium-filled latex balloon, by the time they reach the Earth again, they have deflated. Yeah. So they, they float around... And because the air is leaving them, that's why they leave the ground. Mm -hmm. So by the time they reach the ground, they're deflated. You're like, Allie, why are you explaining that to Uh me? This is why. Um, Because that's not what happened this day. What? So on this particular day, a cold front combined with a rainstorm and pushed the helium balloons back down to the ground while they were still inflated. Oh. So maybe what you were thinking is all of these popped balloons fell down. That's not what happened. A million, no, I'm sorry, 150 million inflated balloons started diving towards the Earth. So that's something. Oh. So millions of balloons flooded onto the roads. They blocked traffic. They caused caused massive delays. I mean, you can just kind of, like, like imagine. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like a tiny army of craziness.
1: It sounds like a Stephen
0: King novel, but, like, one of the shitty ones, like, the balloons. Yeah, it's like, oh, a car is trying to kill me. Like, a balloon trying to kill me. What's the difference? <laughs> um, so, wet, unpopped balloons made local airports close because their runways were clogged with litter on the tarmac. Oh, my gosh. One woman sued balloon fest after the fact because her prized arabian racehorses who were miles away at the time saw basically an onslaught of balloons and were so upset that they like climbed to get away from them and injured themselves oh (laughs) god that's something that's a story that came up a couple times and i'm like yeah that is worth talking about yeah um poor prized racehorses yeah and thousands of balloons eventually ended up washing up on the shores of ontario canada Wow, and Ontario must have been like, what? Excuse me? (laughs) So one very unfunny part of this story is that in the midst of this situation, we're going to call it, police had a search and rescue team out on Lake Erie looking for two fishermen who had been lost earlier that day. However, when that cold front came in, millions of inflated balloons were pushed onto Lake Erie, still inflated. So... They're looking for two people in the water wearing brightly colored life jackets. And they couldn't see anything. Oh they said it was like looking for a needle in a haystack. And they were basically like, there is no way we're going to find them. Oh my gosh. And they didn't. Ugh. So, you know, we can't know if they didn't if find they them because of got, that or if yeah. they would have. You know, we'll never know that. But, you know, they they were eventually found. That was just an upsetting part of all of this yeah um thankfully no one else was harmed yes <laughs> i guess to our knowledge somebody could have gotten into a car accident and just been like oh the balloons but not reported it
1: because um, <laughs> they were too embarrassed to be like
0: the balloons the balloons I'm late to work because balloons. <laughs> um, but needless to say, people were very mad. Uh, many people sued for various reasons. But the thing that made me most annoyed was that this stunt cost the city of Cleveland $50,000 to put on. Damn. Now, I believe that. Like, I don't think that's an exorbitant amount of money. Like, any huge citywide event is going to cost that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's... I'm, I'm surprised it's not more. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And I believe in communities and cities and government funds being put towards cultural events that bring people together, even if they're silly. Like, Somerville has Fluff Fest, which is where we celebrate the fact that uh, marshmallow fluff was invented in Somerville. Nice. And that's stupid, but it brings people together. And I'm all for cities paying for that. Yeah. I don't know if they do. It might be a nonprofit. I have no idea. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not hacking that, but it's like. It wasn't for a good reason and it's so stupid and why did you do that? Like that's just a big yikes to me. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel strongly about any of this. I'm just like, wow, what the fuck? <laughs> um, I am horrified, but I'm also just like yikes the 1980s was just like people having ideas, idea after idea after idea and then just such little follow through. Yeah. Saw.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: The 90s and the early 2000s felt like follow through. Follow through city. Yeah. Absolutely. Like Silicon Valley had some follow through. Sure
1: did. 80s, what were they doing?
0: Inve- inventing the internet and Coke.
1: <laughs> um, that does feel like the Treb took a big line of Coke and then his face came up and he was like, 1.5 million balloons. Here's the thing. <laughs> balloons
0: everywhere until we're all dead. No, I agree. So, I mean, yeah, that's the 1986 Balloon Fest disaster of Cleveland. Again, if you do one thing today, I want you to go watch that footage of this. There's tons of it out there. Every news camera in Cleveland at the time was there, so there's lots of different angles. It's crazy. But I highly recommend Nathan Truesdale's short documentary Balloon Fest, which is shot like a very intense war documentary <laughs> it's like six minutes long and it chronicles the setup and the aftermath of the day through news clips i love that uh so go watch that and you know there you go
1: balloon fest balloon That's fest wrap. i learned so much in that did you that yeah <laughs> that just contained multitudes about our culture about our helium shortages about our failures about, about our, failures. our consumerism About our successes, because now I'm thinking about that movie Up Again. Oh. That's a success. I watched the uh, Pixar documentary
0: recently. Ooh. I'm talking about Disney again. You're talking about Disney again. Fuck. (laughs) I don't know what happened to me. (laughs) I don't know what happened. I'm going to start being the kind of woman who wears, like, you know running sneakers with high white tube socks and buys like vera bradley tote bags Absolutely. with mini mouse keychains i love all that i love all that for oh, you oh i don't want that for myself <laughs> i love it for you i gotta be honest all right because you're sensing the change in me and you're like i just need you to embrace who you are now this is who you are now
1: yeah just open it with open arms you have to accept it um uh... do you want to hear something i i don't want to accept what? Oh, the be- all the bees are dead? The stuff about the bees, yeah. Let, no,
0: let's talk about it. I really want to learn about it. Okay,
1: here we go. Um, so something that you guys don't know about us, uh, listeners, is that sometimes Allie and I send each other the bee emoji. A lot. Because um, it just makes us feel feel powerful. Yeah. Um, I like the bee emoji because both of the connotation of the queen bee and because it's dumb and round, and I identify with both those things. Same. Uh, so we enjoy bees. We've used their iconography. It's soft and its lifespan is wanting. Yeah, exactly. Um, But do you know what doesn't make me feel good like the bee emoji does? Uh, That the bees are all dying.
0: (laughs) No. How fast are they dying though?
1: Pretty fast. Oh no. Uh, Let's talk about it. So at first you guys, you might be like, bees are scary and they sting me. They should die. But you are ignorant if you think that because you're thinking about their evil cousin, the wasp. Ooh, Bees are just sweet fat boys who live to pollinate (laughs) (laughs) They are good Um, And it's like impossible to overstate the importance of pollinators in the ecosystem Specifically bees If you're looking for some supplementary materials for this segment I recommend the song Reproduction from the seminal classic Grease 2 Grease 2 They talk a lot about uh, how bees pollinate flowers Uh, And also, you know, sexy times for teenagers in the 50s. So, highly recommend that. But I'll break it down for you here to sum it up. The male flower loves the female flower very much. So, it invites a pollinator in for a threesome. Okay. (laughs) And the bee, the pollinator being a bee, transfers the pollen from the male flower. It's, you know, cum. Uh, into the lady bits of the female flower. So it's like if you had a little
0: guy running <laughs> from the from the um, <laughs> penis to the vagina yeah.
1: with, like, a little pail full of semen. Yeah, it's exactly like that. What a graphic image. <laughs> yeah, it's horrifying when you talk about it like that. And then a few days later, like, a baby watermelon emerges. Nice. Uh, that's how bees pollinate. And bees are not the only pollinators, but they're honestly the best pollinators that exist. Uh in part this is because they need pollen to feed their larvae so they're biologically driven to gather pollen. Um other pollinators just like accidentally get pollen on them while they're doing stuff. So it's like not as uh, consistent pollen transfer. It's like try harder. Yeah. <laughs> it's like do more. Bats, birds and butterflies. Come on. <laughs> oh, it's that that's them. That's the other pollinators. Okay, good. That aren't as good as bees. Um and then also most species of bee are fuzzy. And the little, the little hairs attract the pollen, so the bees are even better pollinators. Oh, um, They're like s- little
0: beignets covered in little pollen-powdered sugar. Yes,
1: exactly like that. Aww. Um. A fun fact is that there are some plants that have evolved so, like, they can only be pollinated by bees. And the example is there's this tomato plant that only releases pollen if it's buzzed up against. <gasps> you need to uh, snuggle it. You need to snuggle it. But if there are no bees to, um, buzz up against. That's like me,
0: um, but with sex. Like, I'm not (laughs) opening the gates to the castle... If you don't snuggle if me. If you
1: don't buzz up against me for a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least 25 minutes. <laughs> um, here's the part that I find very funny. So if there are no bees, like if they're just in an area where bees don't want to pollinate this tomato, the farmers literally have to use a special vibrator to make the flower dick ejaculate pollen. This is a sexual <laughs> episode. <laughs> Jesus hot. Christ. I know, you guys. I'm sorry if I'm getting you all hot and bothered. Uh, So much of our produce, uh, for example, almonds, peaches, plums, apples, and cherries rely on bee-assisted pollination. I love all that stuff. It's all delicious. Um, And one analysis of the global crop market found that um, bees are essential uh, for 91% of crops consumed by humans. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, That's all
0: our food.
1: That's a lot of the good stuff, yeah. Wheat, we can grow without a bee. I hate that. So we can just well, all I don't eat. hate that. we that's can all, bread, right? Yeah, we can all just eat only wheat. No. <laughs> I know. Uh also bees make honey and honey is lit. It's very sweet. It will never spoil because like microbes can't grow in it. So like that's cool. when they unearth honey from like Egypt, they could still eat it. <gasps> uh they don't. <laughs> but you could. You could eat King Tut's honey if you wanted, which is lit. Um, and it can actually be used to heal many ailments from, like, a cough, which I know a lot of people will put, like, a spoonful of honey in their tea, to actual burns. Like, um, honey has been proved to heal burns better than, like, antiseptic and bandages. (sighs) Gosh. And then the craziest use of honey that I read is that if you swallow a battery, (laughs) they recommend you then eat a ton of honey because it reduces, um, the severity of the injury to your esophagus. Until the battery can be removed. What? I know. I just know there was a desperate mom out there who was like, fuck, it's going to take 20 minutes to drive you to the hospital. Just eat this honey. And then they got to the hospital and the doctors were like, that worked. Yeah. That worked. So we want the bees to stick around, is what I'm learning. I agree. Uh, they're not. I, a bee. (laughs) A. They're dying. They're not sticking around. Why is that? So here's what's happening. Since the late 1990s, beekeepers around the world have observed a mysterious and sudden disappearance in bees, Uh, and it's really unusually high rates of decline in honeybee colonies. In the U.S., there has been a 40% decrease in the bee population since 2006. 40%? Yeah, so that's just over 10 years. Oh my god. It's a 40% decline, and the numbers are very similar in the U.K. and slightly lower, but still pretty high in Europe. Jeez. So, uh, that's bad. And this phenomenon is called colony collapse disorder. What happens with this is that the majority of the worker bees in a colony just, like, fuck off one day. They leave behind the queen, they leave plenty of food, and they leave a a few nurse bees to care for the remaining baby bees. So, like, they leave while the baby bees are still babies. Right. Right. There's no reason to leave, but they just leave. Like, imagine if your parents left the house one day. Like, there's nothing wrong with the house. It's not on fire. They don't need to go to the store because the kitchen is fully stocked. And they leave your baby sibling, like, in its cradle. Like, you'd be like, Mom. <laughs> yeah. Wh- where are you going? <laughs> Some daddy issues right there. I know. Um, so, Allie, what is your guess about why the worker bees are doing this? Um, some
0: kind of human reason? Like, we're doing something bad? Mm. Well, your guess is as good as
1: science is because we don't know. Wait, really? (laughs) Yeah. Um, science has guesses that I'm gonna go through and a lot of the guesses have to do with human shit, but they do not know what causes the colony collapse. That's upsetting to me. And it's, uh, destroyed 40% of the bee population. We don't know what does it. Okay.
0: (laughs) This is like the Fermi paradox when you were like, there's either... (laughs) 500 million aliens, <laughs> or we're not even here. And I was like, all right, let's back up. <laughs> I still think about the Fermi Paradox a lot. I think about it
1: a lot. Let's do another episode just on the Fermi Paradox.
0: You can just say all the same stuff you said before. I'd still
1: be interested <laughs> in it. And react with the same amount of surprise. Uh, all right, so here are guesses about what's fucking with these bees. Um. So we... Um, We've put an end to plant diversity in a lot of areas because agriculture has become really industrialized. So where there used to be like a ton of different crops around and bees could like eat this one, pollinate that one, land on this one. Now it's just like a field of potatoes or, you know, like a ton (laughs) of strawberries. And because of that, they don't have as much to eat and they're like not used to it being like that. That's not the way a field should be. Not used to it being like that. Nice. Sorry. Um... (laughs) So they um, are getting confused and they're not eating as much and uh, dying. Okay. Here's another guess. Climate change is modifying flower behaviors. So And bees eat the flowers. Oh, okay. So uh, if bees can't eat the flowers because they don't understand what's happening with the flowers, they starve and die. They dip. They dip right out. Uh, Here's another guess. There's these uh, mites that make bees sick. uh, And the population of these mites has been growing. Could be those. Okay. Could be those mites. Sure. We don't know. Uh, here's probably the big one. We use pesticides now. We didn't used to do that yeah, before yeah, pesticides. That's true. They end up on and in flowers. Bees eat flowers. We're poisoning the bees. Wait, that seems correct. That seems like
0: it. But it's like, it's not that simple. You know what I mean? It seems simple to me. <laughs> but everything goes.
1: I guess- It's simple when it kills a bee, and you're like, there you go, it killed a bee. But, like, why would that make a bee pack up its things and leave its family? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. You and science both. I don't know why you left, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, obviously, sometimes when we poison a bee, it dies. But sometimes it has sublethal effects. Ooh. Which are also bad. Here are some of the things that uh, ingesting these pesticides do to bees. It fucks up their heart cells. It, it impairs the function of their brain. No. It stunts growth, especially in queen bees. No, queen bees. It reduces their mobility. It's harder for them to fly around. Uh, this one's really interesting, actually. It affects their ability to learn visual patterns, meaning that they can no longer navigate to and from the hive. Like, if they can't learn, like, take a left at this purple flower, they can't get anywhere. That sucks. Which sucks. Um, And it also changes their feeding behavior. For some reason, it makes them want to feed less, um, which, again, could lead to them starving themselves and dying. So how do we help the bees, right? That's what we want to know in this podcast. There are a lot of them are dead. How can we help them? How can we fix them? What do we do? Can you tell me what to do? So, number one is that we don't want to harm them. Um, So, basically, we want to limit their exposure to harmful substances, pesticides, right? Yes. We want to stop using those. I agree. And we also want to promote their health. So, that's, you know, planting more diverse things in our fields so they have more options of, like, what they're eating, what they're landing on. Right. All that stuff. Person to person, we can't do this. I can't go... (laughs) And stop pesticides and plant a bunch of alfalfa. You know what I mean? I live in a city. I mean, Sam, you could try. (laughs) Fair? No, you know what? That's fair. Governments have the ability to do these things. And they've done some stuff. So in 2013, the U.S. government banned certain kinds of pesticides that are especially harmful to bees. And um, Europe also has banned those types of pesticides, which is good. Uh, And because of that, we think there is less colony collapse. The rate has dropped. But it is still happening. So unless there is like wide sweeping change into the way that we produce food, uh, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. And stories like this are really frustrating to me because I just have no faith in any government, let alone our current administration, like ever taking stuff like this seriously. They never do. I just have no faith that it will happen. The only statistic that might make them take notice is this. The USDA estimates that honeybees do 11 to $15 billion of work for American farmers each year. Wow. That's how much their pollination is worth. Without them, that labor has to be picked up and the cost gets passed on to the consumer. So all of a sudden, your fruit and your vegetables are going to, the prices are going to go through the roof because they have to pay somebody to make a flower come. So to speak. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's not even a so to speak. That's what's happening. That's just science. They're paying someone to tickle the balls of a flower.
0: (laughs) You're like, I wish I could be less graphic. These are the scientific terms. And because of that,
1: I'm going to have to pay $10 for a banana. Like. It's a banana, Michael. What could it cost? $10. She could be right. She could be right. So let's really take this bee loss seriously, you guys. I know we can just be like, where are the bees? But like, where are the bees? I I agree. No, I'm actually really upset
0: about this at this point, because I think the thing that you really tapped on is, it's making me think a lot about climate change. Yeah. And, like, even, even I, when I hear somebody being like, climate change, climate change, climate change, immediately my brain goes to, like, oh, this is some hippie, like, yeah. they're clearly, like you know, tree hugging Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff, but it is actually the greatest threat to humanity right now. Yeah. And we're not taking it seriously at all. And I don't like to think about it because it stresses me out. Yeah. So I think that's what everyone's doing. It's like, well, if we don't think about it, then it'll be fine. Yeah. Which has never worked for anything. Never does. Not even
1: one time. No. Oh, I have shivers. Yeah. Um, let's save the bees, you guys. Again, now that we've, now that we've canceled some of these pesticides, the, the rate of colony collapse has decreased. So, like, it's, that's good. We took, we made good moves in 2013. So. Make some more good moves. Let's make more good moves. For the whole climate, not just the bees, but for the bees. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I, a bee. I did that one already. (laughs) No,
0: but I liked it twice. No, I should stop making bee puns. You like jazz? no we we're not talking about b-movie right now
1: no we're not because i i'm serious about the bees um, but another episode i can just talk about b-movie i don't think seinfeld is that funny the show that's pretty
0: yeah i, I think that's hot probably take. a really hot take that's an incredibly hot take i'm sure it is i'm not saying i'm right i'm just like i don't find it funny fair enough i don't know why i felt the need to
1: share that <laughs> do you find b-movie funny Hysterical, yeah, <laughs> my favorite film, absolutely. Um, but yeah, you guys, I really had a a downer mini episode. Like the last two second segments I've had have been real downers. So sorry about that. Yeah, and I've been just talking about nonsense. I don't think what we got this
0: whole thing right.
1: <laughs>
0: we just go, we f- trade off on the order. We have no, we have no rules here. We just do what feels right
1: in the yeah. in the day,
0: in the moment, even. Yeah, which is why we bring you this B-minus content every every week. Hey, there's another one! B-minus. It's a very um, serious
1: issue. I would say it's B+. I would say um, that. I would say that about our podcast. Like, if I had to bring that report card home to my parents, I wouldn't be, like, disappointed in myself. But I would be like, I am striving to do better. Now, every time you
0: use B as a conjunction, <laughs> like, oh, I, you know, to be or not to be, all I hear is
1: Bs. <laughs> not your fault sad buzzing in the distance you guys i gotta be honest with you the events of last night (laughs) have shaken this home we are haggard right now we are fully my this is true my legs were sore today because i spent at least 90 minutes in a squat on the floor holding a box so it would act like a ramp for a mouse (laughs) and it kind of worked we'll tell you more about that next week
0: my legs hurt today. On I'm horrified mouse panic edition. Oh my god. And so if if you listen to this episode and we're like, wow, they have really taken a turn for the worst. <laughs> come back next week and it'll it'll be the same. It'll be the same. No, I would hope that
1: we'll have some distance on it. We'll see. Maybe not. <laughs> but until then, we hope you stay horrified. Stay horrified.